Hi, I'm Miranda. And I'm Stephanie. We've been friends for more than 15 years. I live in Ottawa. And I live in Winnipeg. I'm raising two girls. And I'm raising two boys. We're both wives and working moms who do our best to make it all work and to enjoy our empowered lives. We think feminism is still a work in progress in our homes, our workplaces, and our politics. And we love to learn, especially from other women. So we started Women Don't Do That to talk about issues women care about today and to inspire us to do whatever it is we think we can't do. Have you ever wondered how some managers earn the respect of their team, get results, and also have a reputation for being well-liked? It can seem like an impossible combination, but thankfully it's not. And today we talk with a woman who will share how she cracked the code. When I became a director at my work this summer, Stephanie kept telling me that I needed to talk to her former colleague, Heather, because Heather is an absolutely awesome boss. Heather is a certified information privacy professional and the director of information management at Universities Canada. She specializes in project management and leading organizational and systemic change. And she has a reputation for being well-liked and effective. Not only did Heather agree to share some of her secrets with me, but she also agreed to sharing our conversation through the podcast. Welcome, Heather. Hi, thanks for having me. Heather, can you begin by telling us what motivates you to be an exceptional leader? I love change. I think that's the bottom line. I love change and I love the power of positive change, especially on an organization. And I would say as well, I really love seeing whether they're young or just young in their career or new in their career. I love seeing people develop and become the best possible, you know, might be the best possible IT support person. It might be the best possible project manager. Um, I love seeing that growth in somebody and, and being able to be part of that. What steps do you take to facilitate that growth? How, how do you support somebody in that process? I think there's a kind of a few steps I'd say. And part of it is giving them space to grow and explore a little bit. Uh, I'm not afraid of letting people try things. Obviously, we try to control the circumstances they, they experiment in too mu- a little too much. But um, I love giving them space to grow, space to learn, space to fail as well. I think that's really important. And offering tips along the way. I've had lots and lots of different jobs. I've played lots of different roles. Uh, and I pick the little things up along the way and I, and I share my advice when it's wanted. And, and I find that helps people and trying to drive people to things that they actually really want to be and what they're really good at. How would you describe your team's culture? Well, it's kind of a new team for me. So that's, uh, I'm still kind of figuring that out a little bit. Um, up until about Two months ago, I'd say they, this was a, uh, I wouldn't say fractured team in that it wasn't working, but it was displaced. So it was different individuals around the organization. We brought them all together into one team. And the culture right now is very, very positive. I'm really happy to say um, they're strong. They're supporting each other. They're asking questions. And ultimately, they all see the, the big picture. They see what we want to do, and they're all trying to go for it. So I'm really, really excited by that. If you Google, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you Google how to be how to be an awesome boss, um, these tips come up from Justin Kurtz. It's the, it's the first thing that comes up, and his 
his uh, top five points include point number four, which is say thank you, give feedback, and fire someone. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, and I would love for you to share if you think that's correct and, and why or why not. I think that's really interesting. Um, thank you. Definitely. Definitely have to. You have to be grateful to the people that are working uh, with you and for you. Um, otherwise, <laughs> you're not going to get very far. Uh, so definitely gratefulness is a huge part of it. Giving feedback, I think that's the only way people will grow. Um, and will it's the only way people will follow your vision for the organization or the project that you're working on. The fire someone is, is a, a funny one, but at the same time, I get what he's saying. Um, by having to go through that, it does play a, pull on your strengths, uh, makes you realize where your weaknesses are big time. Um, it challenges you. I think that's the ultimate part because that is probably the hardest part about managing anyone. I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, having to let someone go is really, really tough. So I think that gives you your ultimate challenge and, and it, you will grow and you will learn from that. Can you tell us about a time when you had to let somebody go and and uh, is there a way to do that well, like kindly and compassionately? Or is that what you would consider doing it well? I expect it is, but maybe not. Yeah, I, I've luckily only had to do this once. Um, it wasn't my favorite moment <laughs> by any means. I had the, the really, really strong support of our HR director, which was very helpful to me because she's obviously been through it before, but I had not. And the advice she gave me, and, and I think it's true, the best way to do it is just to be direct, to be honest, make sure that you have a well-supported, well-founded uh, reason for doing that. And just kind of get it over with in a way, you know, you, you, you get in the room, you have to say your piece and then move on. And it, it is really, really hard thing to do, but um, it, it, it's amazing the strength that you have to pull out from that. Yeah, we all hope we'll never be in that situation, right? On either side of the desk there. <laughs> I, I exactly um, agree. <laughs> I recently read a report that it was sharing research that suggested that both men and women react more negatively to criticism if it comes from a woman. And participants reported that criticism by a woman led to a larger reduction in job satisfaction than criticism by a man. And employees were also doubly disinterested in working for the firm in the future if they had been criticized by a female boss. Heather, I, I'd love for you to react to that and maybe share with us how female bosses can overcome this challenge when providing feedback. Yeah, I, I find those statistics really disappointing, uh, but also not that surprised, unfortunately. I think we're at a time right now where it is potentially changing, or at least I, I see change happening in uh, my world. And I believe that that's coming to an end, that whole power trip, negative, crazy woman image that people stereotype, I guess is probably a better way of saying it, of a mean, mean boss, you know, a woman boss. I'm hoping that that's over um, or at least on its way out. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's a real answer to this or if it's something that we have to let phase out. I think there is generations of discrimination and unfairness that have built up to this, you know, crazy bitch boss, if you want to call her that. 
I, I think that's probably where that comes from. And it, and it results from a lot of women having to prove themselves or feeling they have to prove themselves, having to be strong and having to manage like a man. And I think that when you manage stereotypically like a woman and you put feeling into things and you compliment your, your staff and you very, very full of praise, I think it becomes a, a huge shock if all of a sudden that same person who is all happy and loving and caring turns around and is critical all of a sudden. And I think that's the shock part. And it's the expectation that um, it gets upset. And that's probably what happens to those people. I don't know. This is my theory. but <laughs> oh, That's really interesting. There's so much in what you said there. I, I'd love for you to expand on, uh, do you think there is sort of a fundamental difference in the way men and women lead, like in, in their management styles? I would say yes. I don't know if it's intentional or not. I, I think it's probably the result of, you know, where genders have gender norms have taken us uh, up until now. Um, but in my own experience, yeah, I find that female leaders tend to be more feeling. They're definitely higher up with the praise, uh, maybe overpraising in some cases, because they want you to feel good. They want you to feel comfortable. They want it. They want their staff to feel that they are cared for. And maybe I, they I, want to be liked. Do you yeah, think that's part I of it? Definitely think that's a big part of it. I think that's all in all of our nature as women is we we want to be liked. We want to be part of the group, um, and, and I think that does lead that for sure. And then from my experience in working with male leaders, I find it's more about let's get the job done. I'm going to be direct about it. I'm not going to waste time with all this flowery language and feelings. I'm just going to say, this is what I need you to do. And if I'm happy with it, that's great. Good job. Pat on the back. And if it's not, then I'm going to let you know that as well. And I think there's less of a shock for the recipient. If they're used to being spoken to directly, there's no expectation that, you know, the expectation isn't as jarring if they're spoken to in a negative or a positive way. Whereas the opposite is if you're kind of going from opposite ends of the spectrum, I think that's where that shock would come from. That's very interesting. I I, uh, I think what was encouraging in the report when you read it more fully, it also shared that younger participants in the study were less likely to have that bias and were more likely to react. Yes, and so yes. they the the researcher couldn't say definitively whether or not they would become more critical of a female boss as they aged or if. It was just that we're seeing a, a change generationally, which I would suspect is the case. Younger generations are just a little bit more willing to uh, to take feedback and to take leadership from a woman. Yeah, and, and I would also add that there's probably quite a change in female leaders as well. I think that they are more empowered now and don't have that need to be aggressive all the time. I think women uh, showing all their strengths as women in leadership roles is much more accepted now. And I think I'm hoping that that kind of crazy stereotype <laughs> woman boss is, is fading out. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I have seen some of that throughout my career in terms of um, I've worked as a speechwriter for, I don't know, close to 10 years or something. It's been a significant part of my of my career. Um, and I have found writing for men, they're typically much more comfortable with just getting up on stage, reading the speech 
you know, most of these written are just quite relaxed. And then I have found writing for women that they can be just much more pressure on themselves. They put a great deal of pressure on themselves that I haven't, uh, in most cases, seen the men that I've written for um, take on. And so in that way, it can it can make them more challenging, really, to work with. And not in all cases, but uh, I think over time, as uh, yes, uh, just as you said, as women kind of own their right to the table and put less pressure on themselves in some ways, it does help them lead more effectively. For sure. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your family dynamic. I mean, okay, let's let's talk about Sheryl Sandberg, right? She's known yes. for her advice in her book, Lean In, make your partner a real partner. Would you say that that is um, true of your relationship with your husband, that you're, you know, you've make, worked to make him a real partner? Oh, yeah. And, and I, I will give his mother some credit on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> she she did raise him uh, to, to, you know, she, she's quite a feminist herself. So she raised him to take care of himself and his family as well um, in, in both gender, traditional gender uh, roles. But yeah, I would say we definitely have a, a, a real partnership uh, in our house. Sometimes and, I even joke with Stephanie about it being kind of the opposite. Like I have a traditional <laughs> male role. <laughs> well, if I'm being honest with you, I mean, my husband made dinner today and then he did the dishes and I think he made the kids lunches this morning. Like, so, and it's not that there aren't days when I do all those things, but there's just no, um, there's no pink jobs or blue jobs or anything like that right like we're both in it 100 percent. and um you're a mom of two school-aged kids and I, I wonder do you think that you would be able to succeed in senior leadership positions without that level of engagement from your husband definitely not hands down there's no way <laughs> I wouldn't have the time yeah that's that is so interesting right because I think that's still a significant barrier yes, for a lot of moms in the workforce yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I often travel for work. I don't often do a lot of evenings and late nights, uh, but I do that by choice. I could have that if I want to. Um, but I do travel quite a bit and, and uh, uh, it would be really, really challenging. As a boss, do you, do you work with team members differently if they're parents than if they're not parents? Is that a factor in how you manage someone? I try not to. I think my inherent bias comes out a little bit there, uh, being totally honest. Uh, I do feel for parents because I've been there. I know what they're going through. Um, but I do also try to remind myself, you know, I was, um, you know, th- this person may have sick parents. They may have, a, I don't know, a sick pet or something that, that it's not my reality at this point in my life. But I do have to remember that they have a life outside of work. So I do try to keep that in mind. but I. I probably do uh, lean a little bit uh, more sympathy, I think, <laughs> to, to parents, um, particularly to moms, unfortunately, but I do. <laughs> There's certainly an argument to make for that being warranted. I mean, I think you do, like you said, need to keep in mind that regardless of whether or not someone's a parent, they may very well have some challenges yep. on their time and, and whatnot. Um, but uh, I think that support someone in creating work-life balance mm-hmm. is really necessary for us to see women obtain more senior leadership positions. Uh, so I also want to ask, Stephanie shared that you have some pretty unorthodox management 
tactics, we'll call it. And she <laughs> she shared how at Universities Canada, you would have tea time with your team. And yeah. so what is tea time? And 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 what what did that create? Uh, share share with us yeah. what that what that's about. So 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 first full disclosures, I can't even take credit for it. All I did was maintain it. <laughs> but um Basically, tea time in in uh, my previous team was, and it's still going on. It, it goes on long past me. Uh, once per month, the entire team meets in the kitchen area. Uh, one person's in charge, or one or two people are in charge of bringing a treat. They could bake something, they could buy something. There was no real rules about that, but they they had to feed people. Uh, sometimes they would bring a game. Sometimes they would bring a trivia. Sometimes they would just talk. Um, and it, we use that time to just take some time away from the desk um, to honor birthdays, any birthday that was happening that month, and just to, to kind of laugh and, and be people together rather than coworkers all the time. And it was really, really powerful. It still is. People look forward to it. If you, like nobody misses it ever, <laughs> um, they look forward to it. They they enjoy the time they have. They remember what happened at the last one. They remember the jokes that were played or the trivia questions or whatever. Um, and a lot of uh, team camaraderie came from that, I'd say. Do you think that sort of engage that engagement outside? I mean, it, I know it was during work time. I'm super, right. This yep. was during work time. Yeah. Yep. But do you think that sort of engagement um, that's not work related specifically is necessary for successful teams or like to what extent does a personal relationship contribute to getting good results from people like being effective? I think it's super important with this team. And I, and I think it's, it's up to the the team and the leader to sort of determine what's going to be the best fit for your group. But in this case, there were a lot of parents or single parents, and there were a lot of um, more introverted people that didn't want to spend time with their colleagues outside of work hours. And that that's cool. No problem at all. So it worked well for them because they got their social time, but they didn't have to overextend their lives or change their schedule too, too much for it. So that worked well. But yeah, to answer your question, definitely, I think it's super important to find some way to have a at least a friendly relationship. You don't have to be seeing each other on the weekends or anything like that, but to have some, some personal contact with the individuals, it just builds trust. It builds uh, a fun environment. One of the, uh, the main attractors for young workers, which uh, I'm sure you've probably covered millennials at some point in your, <laughs> in your podcast. One of the most important contributors for them for a happy work life is, is to have fun on their job. So, you know, if they're stuck doing, I don't know, something crazy, opening tons and tons of mail for some reason, they can sit and laugh together while they're doing it. And it just makes the job so much easier, so much more productive. Um, I just, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that annually, at least once a year. Um, we, our organization does um, team retreats. So we'll go and we'll do a fun activity together, an escape room or a bowling or you know, whatever something along that line and, and there's a lot of little social things maybe lunches that sort of thing that we try to do uh, I'd say as a as a full organization we do this trying to encourage good relationships uh, among staff that are outside of the normal work hours or normal work um, relationship 
Can you share with us what led you to the level of leadership you're in today? Like, what did you do to advance your career? Yeah, it's my career story has been really different. <laughs> the um, best I, ones always are. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've taken kind of a, a, a winding path, whereas a lot of people say, you know, I've, I have a career path. Mine is a bit of stroll through many forests. But in the current, you know, the f- past six years, I'd say is probably most formative for me. Everything else has been sort of leading up to it. But this is really um, the, the real career section of my life. Um I started really by starting with what I know, so working with the skills that I knew, and then building from there, always taking on new skills. I think that's really, really important, is always learning new stuff and doing it with a sense of humility. So if you're, you need to learn how to use the photocopier, learn how to use the photocopier. It's not going to make you a, a lower level staffer or anything like that. You know, it's really important that you know how to do everything. <laughs> um and then showing interest, I think, was a big part of it as well. So volunteering my time to be part of a special committee or volunteering to say, hey, I, I'm really interested in that. What can I do to learn more? What can I do to support that initiative? That really made a big difference for me. Uh, it brought me out of a little bit of a siloed environment and into a, a wider one and then uh, onto special projects from there. And then from there, you kind of get noticed. And people start volunteering you for things and they start, <laughs> they start recommending you as a person for this role and that role. Um, I believe my interest in developing systems. So I was working previously in scholarship management and um, really, really keen on how we process the information. So going from A to Z with applications and all of that sort of thing. Um, and I developed a system and, and worked through how all of you know, all the technical components on that happen. And our CFO recommended that I start this initiative because our organization started um, with a priority on information management, which would encompass IT, would encompass privacy, it encompasses um, how all the information, all of our resources flow together in the organization. And, and we saw a need for that. And they said, hey, she would be good at that. And so <laughs> that's where I am now. <laughs> So about getting your neck out there, learning as much as you possibly can, I'm not saying no very often, unfortunately, as though you're supposed to say no for self-preservation, but to build a career, you, you do have to say quite a few yeses. Um, and showing interest, I think that's a big part of it. I really think that when you do those very things that you said, it's the opportunities sometimes just create themselves, right? Exactly. Like, if you are doing your best work and adding your full value and and like you said, demonstrating initiative and interest and solving problems, even if you can't see clearly the path up that there will be something that will, that will be created for you that will come along. No, that's exactly it. It's sometimes you're making your own job as you go, to be honest. (laughs) And I've even heard it said, I'm probably not going to get the quote right, but something about, yeah, I'm going to botch this <laughs> um, about making your own path, like m- making your own job out of it. If you're, the job you want doesn't exist. You just work for it until they realize that they can't live without it. <laughs> exactly. No. And what better way to do it? Right. Yeah, like, exactly. That's something that I really think when we, you, we named this podcast, women don't do that. That is something I really think women 
are still learning to do. That's something I think I'm still learning to do is look at where I want to be down the road, what I really enjoy doing and, you know, what skills I want to grow. What what do I need to learn still if I want to get where I I want to be? Like just that strategic planning for your own career and just believing that you can create the right position for you. You can create opportunities for yourself if you are intentional and take the steps necessary to move forward. Uh, I I know something that I definitely need to be more aware of and just uh, take more seriously in terms of, you know, looking at where I'm going in my own career. Mm -hmm. And and you have nothing to lose. Ultimately, that's the best part about it. I mean, you're already got your your job or, or what you are doing right now. If you make something for yourself, fantastic. If you don't, maybe have fun getting there. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really win-win. Yes. I mean, do you want to do less than your best at work? Probably not, right? No, so exactly. Be, lean in, like Sheryl Sandberg says, right? Like be all there while you're there and and trust that that's the best way to enjoy what you're doing and to create the most fulfilling path for yourself. That's exactly uh, it. And don't do anything halfway, you know? It's <laughs> One of my, my favorite quote, and I don't know who even said it, but I just see it on these all these motivational posters, is just, you, you did not wake up to be mediocre. Well, that's really good. Yeah. Despite how far you've progressed in your career, Heather, and how well-respected you know yourself to be, I wonder, do you ever still struggle with imposter syndrome? <laughs> Every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for your honesty. Okay, well, talk talk to us about that. I mean, does that ever go away? Do you think down the road that will fade? You know, I've I've read that the most effective leaders and the most uh, well-respected leaders as well, maybe not every day think that way, but always think they're doing a horrible job. <laughs> they're just reflective, I guess, That's, right? Like, well, that and, and they're honest about it. And their their arrogance isn't out there. It's just like, I'm trying my very best every day. I cannot believe I've made it this far, but I'm going to go with it because someone else believes in me and people are counting on me. And that's, that's really it. <laughs> no, and I think it's important for women to share that, right? Because it helps yeah. us when we hear those voices in our own head, yes. you know, that we're not alone in that and that we can, we just have to keep going, right? We don't, we don't have to listen to that or let that hold us back. And we're all learning. We have um, four final questions that we like to ask sure. each of our guests at the end. Um, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate it. I'm very interested in uh, just understanding how to enjoy this new phase of my own career, right? As I move forward in the, in my new role. And so I really appreciate you sharing with us a little bit of what that looks like for you and how you do that with excellence. Um, but our last, <laughs> thank you. Our last four questions are kind of fun here too. Um, Heather, can you tell us what's the best rule you ever broke? I would say starting a business uh, at the age of 22, not knowing what a clue what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> good for you. Okay. Okay. Well, what did you do? I have to know more. I have to know more. Know. What did you do? And, and how long did that last? And, and, um, or is that, does that still exist in some form? Yeah, no, I, I did close it up. Uh, it lasted about 10 years. I was an interior decorator, uh, and I had my own consulting business. 
And at, you know, 21, 22, something like that, I said, I don't want to work for the government. I want to do something bigger with my life. <laughs> so I'm going to set up a business. I went to school. I did the extra courses. And I, okay, how do I get a business number? Let's go to Google. <laughs> Figured out how to get a business number. <laughs> well, even though you didn't stay with that, I think it clearly built a skill set in you yes. that I'm sure was very useful going forward. Even just yes. the chutzpah, I think is the word that Stephanie says sometimes, yes. like just, just the diligence yeah. uh, to figure that all out. What's your most valuable habit that was the hardest to create? I would say unplugging. Um, most evenings I tend to unplug, at least from work anyway. And Every vacation, I, I've actually gotten in the habit now where I ha ask the IT team to lock me out of my account. So this way, I am not checking in, and I, I would recommend that to anyone. What a great strategy. You don't even have the option. I love it. And especially when you have a family. I mean, either way, right? You just have to do that for self-care and exactly really make that a priority. I love it. Yeah. Can you name another woman who inspires you? The first name that comes to mind is Michelle Obama for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> well, she is inspiring. She is Did you inspiring. read her book, Becoming? I have, yeah. Yeah, I really, really love the book. And I just love how poised and thoughtful and intelligent her, her communication and her speeches and just how she presents herself and that she doesn't need to be that upfront, loud person she's really comfortable in her skin and in whether it's a supportive role or or on her own roles I think she's just she's just so classy <laughs> great choice can you tell us about a book that made you a better boss so this one I think um I, I would love to you know profess some lovely lovely academic classic or something along that line but honestly no, no. <laughs> the first book I could think of is the you are a badass book Ah, uh, uh, yes. By, Jen by Sincero. Sincero Jen. Yes. Yes, mm -hmm. that's it. What I found is that got me to a place where I, I think I was going through a, a very imposter syndrome uh, phase of my life. <laughs> and I just went, you know, read it and I kind of went, yep, you know what? I am better than this. I'm better than I'm giving myself credit for. And uh, it, it really gave me the confidence to move forward. I love it. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes too and to the other things we've mentioned in this conversation. Is there any kind of final words of wisdom that you might give to someone like me who's a newer director or maybe someone who's a manager um, who feels like their team is struggling, they're having a hard mm -hmm. time giving feedback? What would be kind of your final words of advice? Oof. I think I like to say give it be patient um and that not nobody has all the right answers all the time so you do have to give yourself credit and trust your instincts um i i'm often one of those as well we don't always trust our instincts and usually you find out in the end that they were right so i think that's the biggest thing trust your instincts you may be new at this or or someone else might be new at this but you were put there for a reason. Someone believed in you. And I think it's really important to keep remembering that, um, that, that you do have that strength and that value. And you know what? You, you'll learn from it. If you make a mistake, you'll learn from it. It's not the end of the world.
That's perfect. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you very much for taking this time. And uh, I think people will learn a lot from you sharing so honestly. And uh, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. It was was (laughs) a lot less nerve-wracking than I expected. Thanks for listening to Women Don't Do That. We hope you're inspired to do whatever it is you think you can't do. Find all our podcasts and blog content at womendontdothat.com and stay connected with us on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time.